There's a reflection right now called Body Data. Didn't make the order of service, so we'll have a reflection and then the candles of sharing. Body Data. I went to Agape, which is a physical therapy organization that has an um, office at the Arena Club because I have numbness in two of my fingers, and it's been happening. It's been long enough where I think, well, you know, they're not changing color, but I'm going to go see what this is about. And that, that numbness in the finger, is body data. It's information that is communicated by the body through feelings and sensations. The therapist that I went to, of course, trained in reading body data, proceeded to inquire through movement and response what the body data was indicating. You know, move your neck, move your arm, move your face, all to sort of take down the information that is being given, the data that is being given, to understand more completely what's happening in the present with yourself, your body self. It's interesting that the name they have chosen for the organization is agape, which of course is a Greek-rooted word that is commonly uh, uh, translated as unconditional love. And it is a kind of concept of the love that brings wholeness, wellness, community, a love that understands connectedness and equal value of all the parts, agape. An organization that is devoted to body data and body wellness, agape. Our body gives and receives information constantly. As the saying goes, of course, on a molecular level, we are really quite busy. Cynthia Winton Henry and Phil Porter, founders of the Body Wellness Incorporated, named this information that I'm talking about body data. Over 30 years ago, Cynthia and Phil devised a system of ensemble engagement, which they called interplay. Interplay is a global movement dedicated to wellness in self and community through creative interaction and play. Through the affirmation of body wellness, and that's not just body, that's body of self, body like the corporate body, and of course, the body of creation or the earth. Through the affirmation of that body wellness, a liberating way of being for all comes to life. I'll be touching on some of the concepts of the system of engagement in this month's sermon series, and today is body wisdom. So body data is not merely physical sensations. It's also feeling. It's also what's going on in your body self. So I wanted to invite you just for a minute to just settle in your chairs. And we're just going to take a moment where you take an inventory, if you are so moved, of where you are right now using your body data. Breathe in and breathe out. What parts of the body are you paying attention to right now or giving you signals? What's going on? What aches? What feels good? What needs waking up? Just let yourself have the body data. 
And on top of that, what might you be feeling? Are there any feelings coming across? Tired? Open? Hopeful? Sad? What's, what's that body data? Where are you right now in the present? Have that. Welcome it. Now body data can lead you to your next response or simply assist you in your strategies of living. As many of you know, I am training to do a long bike ride and I'm a beginner, so uh, I used to ride as a, as a teenager, but I really just started riding about two years ago. And I'm going to do a 300-mile bike ride in September to witness to climate change and the need for sustainability. Um, and so I was given the advice of getting new pedals that have clips, and then you have a shoe that clips in. And so I got it. You know, I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, I just kept falling. I'm just, I've, I've, I've fallen a lot. Um, and um, to the point where I began to feel afraid. So do I follow that fear and stop? Do I honor the body that is getting bruised and stop? Or do I change the circumstances to try and figure out because the wisdom is get these pedals, get them to work. And I was so unnerved one day that I did get off the bike and I walked to where I had to go. So while I'm walking, there's many reactions that, of course, I had. My body data is telling me the fear and the, you know, and the, and the, um, the falling was telling me that something was not quite right. So I was thinking, well, am I an old dog that can't learn new tricks? Is that what's going on? Or am I just not as coordinated as I used to be? You know, I'm giving myself this self-talk. Or maybe something's wrong with the mechanism. So the next day I thought, well, let's go with the, that last thought and go to a bike shop and see if there's a mechanical problem. Now, I had already done this a couple times, so, and each person gives me a different, different you know, advice and has did different things, so I was really starting to be discouraged. But this time, I just let them know my full body data. I'm falling a lot. I'm getting afraid. What is going on? And they did shift something in my shoe, and they shifted something on the bike, and they lubed it. And lo and behold, I can get out of those clips much better than ever before. So the next day when I biked, I was afraid. That was part of my body data. But I worked it through. Because when we honor our body, we can also be in conversation with us, with it. And uh, Pema Chodron, actually, a Buddhist nun, sort of encourages this, too, where you can do self-talk. You can say, you know, you'll be OK, honey. It's going to work. You're all right. So I do a lot of self-talk. It might look a little strange on the bike, you know, especially when I'm afraid, you know, I have this little self-talk. You can also take healing measures, like going to agape or things like that. And you can fully have gratitude for your body. Gratitude for that body data, which gives you a sense of wholeness and a sense of fullness. And you're working with your body, not against it. And of course, body 
data changes constantly. So it's good to recognize the information as affirming rather than something to be judged. Like the judgment was, oh, you're too old, you're not you know, coordinated enough, all that. Whereas if I affirm and I say, well, let's see, let's see if we can make this happen in a better way. A uh, resident theologian commented that a way to know that you're getting older is that you wake up injured. <laughs> so you work through that to greet the day. And it's much easier if you honor all the sensations. Each creak in your body has a story. Each ache an experience. Each impulse coming from some sort of truth, some sort of desire. So what you do with the information of your body is how you co-create your day, you and your body. So working with our body data can help us know the fullness that we are. So it's important to note before continuing that the dominant Western culture, what we are steeped in, puts a whole bunch of roadblocks up in honoring the body as valuable, that wisdom can arise from our body knowledge, and that bodies are a sacred part of our being. All of that is directly contradicted by the pervading social consciousness against the body, generated primarily by the false idea of original sin. Now, I, wasn't, I didn't grow up with the idea of original sin, but I'm still steeped in the guilt and the feeling of not being enough and the wondering how I could ever be perfect. Now, original sin, just give a little, probably a lot of you know better than I do, was based on um, Adam and Eve and, and Adam's sin of uh, disobeying God and eating from the fruit of knowledge uh, from the tree of knowledge. That sin, disobeying God, then became a hereditary thing for humanity. So all of us being a part of humanity, Adam being the first man, uh, are now all stained with that first disobedience. Therefore, we are born flawed. We're born separated from God, separated from the, the wisdom and the power of being, the harmony of the cosmos. When we're born, we're out of harmony. We're in disharmony. We are flawed. We are imperfect, and that imperfection is somehow deemed as bad, even though people can see that every snowflake is different. There is no perfect snowflake. But somehow imperfection is bad in humanity. And because we are embodied, we are prone to sin. Because our perfection is not possible in our body, it's not possible until we leave our body and we may be given the grace of perfection. But while we're in our body, it's very unusual and, and, and rare and, you know, forget about it. You're basically doomed from the start and it's our body's fault. This came into dogmatic truth, I mean deep-rooted social consciousness got us truth uh, in the 5th century, primarily with St. Augustine, who said some good things. I think original sin is really not a good thing to be brought up. 
And he talks about how the impulses of the body urges us to be bad, to make bad choices. So that the important thing about the body is to deny it, to suppress its impulses, to transcend it, to punish it if you do something wrong. And that our animal nature is bad. Because we are of animal nature, we are bad. And when we're in the body, the body is not part of the spirit. All of that is working in our consciousness. And given a whole bunch of uh, reinforcement in Western culture by capitalism, materialism. You have this gnawing fear, feeling that you're not enough, that you're never perfect, that you're not deserving of love. So you need to buy this and do that in order to get more perfect, in order to feel more enough, in order to... So we, you know, we're getting it from all sides, that somehow who we are and what we are is not good enough. And that creates an enormous amount of disease in mind, body, and spirit. What if, let's suppose, that coming into this life is a blessing, an extraordinary gift of awareness, one that is just, it's, the chances of us coming alive, of us being alive, so, so broad, so, so infinitesimal, that it is an extraordinary gift of awareness, of being present in this enterprise of being. What if getting in touch with our animal nature gives the wisdom towards sustainability of this earth? What if it informs how to share this planet with all being? What if the body is sacred? The earth is sacred. And embodied wellness is the kingdom of God on earth. What if embracing our bodies helps us come into wonderfulness? Body language, body knowledge, is taking the bits and pieces of the data that we talked about and seeing patterns and preferences, trusting the knowledge that we get from the patterns and preferences. For example, Many of you like to sit in a certain place in the sanctuary. You just have a preference of where you're sitting. Your body says, I like to sit here. This is where I like to be. And there could be lots of many different situations. And I could, I was thinking about it, but I'm not going to, you know, make you move to see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? That's something that you can say. That's your body knowledge. What do you prefer? Where do you prefer to sit in the theater? Where do you prefer to, to sleep? By the window, not by the window. You know, that kind of thing. That's all body knowledge. And it can go into other preferences, like food you prefer or ways of, of, of moving you prefer. Um, so what body knowledge is, is to pay attention to our pattern. She's, she's welcome to stay. <laughs> I understand, but you know, I just wanted to say if it's not too <laughs> Pay attention to our patterns when we work, when, when, the, when things work, when things not work, and to understand that we actually do sort of run and uh, operate in patterns so that sometimes we might get stuck in a pattern and we can flip ourselves out of that. 
That all has to do with body knowledge, letting ourselves, giving ourselves the permission to study our lives, to help us understand the rhythm of our lives and the unique qualities of our being. Eduardo Galeno of Walking Words wrote this. The church says the body is a sin. Science says the body is a machine. Advertising says the body is a business. The body says I am a fiesta. <laughs> Let's sing together hymn number 298, Wake Now My Senses. Please rise as you are able in body and spirit. And we'll go ahead and harm, you know, sing all five verses. Sing to each other. Wake now, my senses, the guys in the earth call. Feel the deep power of being in all. Keep with the web of creation your vow. Giving, receiving, as love shows us how. Wake now, my reason, reach out to the new. Join with each pilgrim who quests for the true. Honor the beauty and wisdom of time. Suffer thy limits and praise the sublime. Wake now, compassion, give heed to the cry. Voices of suffering fill the wide sky. Take as your neighbor both stranger and friend, praying and striving their hardship to end. Wake now, my conscience, with justice thy guide. Join with all people whose rights are denied. Take not for granted a privileged place. God's love embraces the whole human race. Wake now my vision of ministry clear. Brighten my pathway with radiance here. Mingle my calling with all who will share. Work toward a planet transformed by our care. Please be seated. So wake now my senses and we can create and make life choices that transform our world. Many of you may have uh, seen the article or heard in the news about Mackenzie Elliott, a three-year-old in Baltimore. <coughs> who was killed by a stray bullet. And at the funeral, Mayor Stephanie Rollins Blake lifted up to the folk listening. We have to do better for our city, she said. 
This is part of body wisdom, which takes our data and our knowledge and helps us see what choices we make and what choices may roll out into a way of being. Now, wisdom isn't any better than the data or the knowledge. We need it all. It all interplays. But the body wisdom has a assumption of interdependence, that the way we behave with one another creates the lives we live together. This incorporates not just for the body, but it also talks about the body of creation. It's an affirmation that we are a part of the body of creation, sacred part of the body of creation. So Mayor Rawlings Blake recognized that the choices the city makes in day-to-day -day lives creates the place that they live. And by seeing a three-year-old shot, by a stray bullet, we have to do better for our city. See, if we have that understanding of interconnection and that the body is a part of creation and that that it makes us come to a wholeness, then we are much more intentional in the choices we make. Our body wisdom helps us connect on a creation level to that which heals, if we let it. In San Francisco, there's a company called Lava May. I don't know how many of you know about this company, but um, it's, a, it's an organization, founder Denise Sandoval, I think that's her, uh, the way to pronounce her name. She and an architect created portable shower units for the homeless. There are 3,500 homeless and very few showers in San Francisco. They're only centrally located, and they just, I mean, it's an enormous disparity of the amount of people and the amount of showers that are available for the homeless. And so she just said, that's untenable. We've got to figure something out by that. She got in touch with her body knowledge, knowing that hygiene is important, knowing that having a way of being in the world, of our bodies being in the world, makes a difference. So she found diesel buses that they were selling and figured out how to create mobile units where there are two showers, open to male, female, gender non-conforming um, folk. And that is now, a passenger bus has now become a bathing facility. And people have 20 minutes where they go into the shower stall that also has a sink and a toilet and they have 20 minutes of paying attention to their wellness, their body wellness. Donis Sandoval says, hygiene brings dignity and dignity brings opportunity. Now this may not always, you know, get someone to not be homeless. Of course, there's a lot of different reasons why folk are homeless, but it has helped a few be able to go to a job um, interview. It has helped a few just feel better about their lives. There was a story about a young family with two young um, boys. And they came, and the boys, after their shower, you know, and I don't know, how, how, how about you, but I had trouble getting my kids to take showers. But they were like nine-year-old, and they were like so happy after they got. They were just buoyant simply because they had a shower. They had somebody paid attention to their wellness, said, you are worthy 
and hopefully, and people from all over the world now hearing about this are trying to figure out how to do it. To take mobile units just to help people with simple dignity of life. And from that, who knows, part, maybe homelessness will be less and less prevalent. So body wisdom brings wholeness, the larger world, into the vision. Body wisdom has us think not only of what we are doing to sort of promote the health in ourselves, but what we may be doing to promote the health of community, what we may be doing to promote health in the world. So I am going to ask you to do one other uh, meditation, a short meditation for a moment, just settle in, and really let yourself flow with the thinking. Let yourself go and say, say to yourself or think about something that you do, a choice that you make that um, helps you in the world. And then just let yourself be in that choice for a while. And I'll offer something later. But right now, just a choice that you make that helps you. Let yourself have that. Think about it. Gratitude for it. Affirmation of it. It's good that you do this. Now expand your thinking a little to what might you do, what choices might you make in community that help the body of the community and choose family or church or school, whatever you choose. Think of one choice that you make that helps the body of a community. It is good that you do this. And now expand out and really stretch your thinking or imagination to what might you do in your lives? What choices might you make that sort of resonate with the wellness in creation, affirming creation or helping heal the world? What might you do in your life? And if you're having trouble thinking, might, what might you want to do in your life to help creation or the health of humanity or of all being? It is good to consider such. And feel free to share 
what you came up with at Coffee Hour, if you feel so moved. Here's a reading by Mary Oliver called Mindful. Every day I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It was what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but of the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these? The untrimmable light of the world, the ocean's shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. Honor your body. Honor its messages. Know that you are born with the wisdom of wellness and the genius of creation. And come, I invite you to your wonderfulness. So may it be. Amen. <laughs>